Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Ridgeview Church. My name is Alex Barrett, and I'm the pastor here. And we are wrapping up today our Bless This Home series. And we've been looking at what some would consider the greatest sermon of all time. And that's Jesus' teaching from the Sermon on the Mount, specifically his teaching on the Beatitudes, really his focus on character and how when we decide to follow Jesus, that our our inward character can be transformed from, from the inside out, that we can actually become different people individually. We can become different families. And as families band together in the church community, we can really make a difference in our world. And so that's actually what I'm going to be talking about today. I'm going to go further in Jesus' teaching, talk about the impact that we can make with our lives. How can we make a difference? How can we, with what God has given us, how he has wired us, the energy, the resources, all that he's graciously poured on us, how can we actually do that to leave a mark that can bless other people? So we've been focusing a lot on the blessing and how do we discover that for ourselves. And so now, as we focused inwardly, we're going to now take a look at how do we, how do, we do that uh, outwardly. Before I do that, I just want to start with kind of the gauge of, of how do you kind of find out if your, your family's on track or what is a successful family? You may ask that question yourself. I know I have. And I just kind of did a Google search on, on family quotes and kind of the purpose of family. And, and here were some that, that I found. I thought you'll get a kick out of these. Let's read those. First is, strangers think I'm great, my friends think I'm eccentric, my family knows that I'm completely insane. Uh, certainly there's a truth to that, maybe not the insane part, but the, the idea that you know the, the further people are out from our family, maybe the less they really know what's going on, but behind closed doors, we have a real sense of who we are. Sometimes that can be encouraging and sometimes that can be overwhelming as we look at each other and you may look around and say, man, are we normal? Are we dysfunctional? And, and it's hard to know. Another quote I read, when my kids become wild and unruly, I use a nice, safe playpen. When they're finished, I climb out. Now, that seems like that's just humorous, but if you've been a parent at times with wild and unruly kids, you know that there's a truth to this where you're just looking for an escape. And a lot of times that's how family life can feel. Here's another one. It's like no one in my family appreciates that I stayed up all night overthinking for them. Mom. Now, certainly that's not just for, for moms, but have you had that feeling as a parent of just the overthinking of what your kids need to do, maybe just the family, and you can just spin your wheels and spend so much time really trying to figure out what do we need to do? And, and you could be overwhelmed with, with anxiety because of that. Here's the last one. Our family is just one tent away from a full-blown circus. Now, I share those. Those are, those are funny. Uh, family life can feel a little crazy. Again, it can feel like a roller coaster. But again, how do you know if you're on track? Certainly in our country, one of the things that, that we've been told is this premise of the American dream. You know, do your best, dream big, Go for it, reach for the stars and, and see what happens. And certainly it's this idea of don't let anything hold you back. Try to grow your family, try to grow your career, try to grow your finances all at the same time. But oftentimes when you get to this dream or you get everything that you've always wanted, you still can feel empty. And the people in Jesus' day were the same as we are today, trying to figure out what, what does success look like? How in my family and all that's going on and in my life and all that's going on, how can we actually know we're on track? And so Jesus actually had a lot of 
sympathy for the people who are wondering. He actually wanted to meet people where they're at. And so today I hope this will give you some clarity on the purpose of family and kind of give you a 30,000 level foot view of where should we be headed? What should we be doing? And how do we know if we're on track? And so Jesus, he taught with authority, he taught with purpose, and he met people right where they're at. The thing that I appreciate about Jesus' teaching is that he was always giving this invitation. And he was speaking of the kingdom of God. And he was speaking about blessing and how to find real lasting contentment. But he wasn't doing that behind just this circle that that was closed. He was actually explaining the kingdom of God and inviting people to become a part of it. So that's kind of where I want to start. It's that Christ followers are actually Jesus' plan for expanding his kingdom. At the heart of Jesus, he came to this earth so that people may connect back to God through him. He came to rescue, to restore, to lead people to the purpose that God had created us all for. And so there's this expansion and this welcoming and growing of God's family that he invites us all in. And that brings up the second question. Well, how does this expansion work? How do we know and how do we become a part of this kingdom? And it starts by us deciding to follow Jesus, to give our life completely over to him. Next, as we give our life over to him, we experience this this blessing. And then as a Christ follower, our role in the world is to bless others and to make a difference. And so you see this thing happening again and again. This is the thing that God calls us to through Christ. Turn to him, follow him, become a blessed person. As Jesus blesses you, you bless others. And as you bless others, you make a difference. What you find is is that is actually the purpose uh, for family life. And so I want to kind of speak to that and ask that question, well, how how does this expansion happen and how can we become a part of that? Well, after Jesus taught on the attitudes that we've covered the last two weeks, he gives, again, this charge to his followers. And the way that we're a part of the expansion of his kingdom, the way that we invite more people into his family, is that he uses an analogy of salt and light. In fact, Jesus wants his followers to be salt and light. And you find this in Matthew 5, Uh, verse 13. And I want to start there and read from the scriptures of this description of the kingdom expansion that Jesus invites us to be a part of. Here's what it says. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, verse 16, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Again, the focus shifts, and it's so important to pay attention to this. Let Jesus change you. Focus on these attitudes, live a life of character, and you become a different person. You're transformed. But as you're transformed, you actually aren't just transformed for yourself. You're not even just transformed for your family. You're transformed again to make a difference in the world. So I want to kind of dig a little bit deeper into this analogy of salt and light because sometimes without thinking about it, maybe we can lose what what Jesus is trying to say. And so the first question is, well, what, what does salt 
do. Uh, we're all familiar with salt. I'm sure if you're like me, you like to put a little salt on your food to add some flavor. What, what, is, what is Jesus getting at? Well, there's three things that, that salt does. The first is it makes people thirsty. Uh, salt also makes things taste better, and it serves as a uh, preservative. And so there's this flavor that it adds, it stops decay, and it has this function that kind of adds this tastiness to, to life. And so what is Jesus saying? Like, how do we live like salt of the earth? He told his followers, you be salt of the earth. Well, what, what does that mean? Well, if we take the kind of the functionality of what salt does, I think there's this application that Jesus wants us to discover. The first is he wants us to live in a way that we make people thirsty, that we live a life that makes people thirsty about wanting to know more about God, that they see your life, they see your words, they see all that you do. And there's a sense of like, there's something different about this person. There's kind of this, this, huh, what is that? There's a question people have and they want to discover more. The second is that salt makes things uh, taste better. And so the thirst, maybe there's something different about you, but then you want people to also see your life. You want people to see your family and see, wow, there's something that Jesus makes a difference in. And again, that's a blessed life. This family is blessed. This couple is blessed. This church is blessed. And there's something to that that makes people want to drink. It makes people want to discover. And then the last is to, to be a preservative. So I think when, when Jesus is saying, you're the salt of the earth, there's a sense of which live in such a way that you can slow down the decay of the earth. Slow down the decay of, of families. Like in your love and your kindness to your kids, you're actually preserving family life. You're building up goodwill, the things that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. These three things are key to being salt of the earth. But then he doesn't stop there. He also challenges us to be this light of the world. So let's ask the, the next question. What does light do? Well, light, it illuminates the darkness and it draws objects towards it. Whenever there's, there's darkness and you, you flip a switch at your house, if it's completely dark, all of a sudden you can see. The other thing is you also want to go to the light because that's where the clarity is. And so what is Jesus getting at? Well, how do we live like light of the world? So he asks us to be salt of the earth and then light of the world. Well, what does that mean? Well, the first is we can illuminate the darkness. Again, by the way that we live, we can be a light and a beacon of hope for all that we encounter. In our neighbors, as we relate to them, with our coworkers, the school, as we drop our kids off, as we relate to other parents, Lord willing, that will happen soon. But in all these ways, we can be a, a light in this world. And the second is, is that we can draw people in. We're not just a light that maybe blinds or can be offensive, but, but we're a light that says, you know, come, come see what we're about. Come discover what we've discovered, the fact that Jesus has called us to a greater purpose. And again, just like the salt, and just like the light, there's a sense of which we want to extend Jesus' love to others. As he's transforming us from the inside out, we want to make a difference in the world. Now, the good news is Jesus always gave these analogies, and then he kind of provided some more substance for those who are wanting to learn more. Sometimes he spoke and it was confusing, or he spoke in kind of riddles or parables, and you had to kind of ask questions and really think about it. Well, in Jesus' sermon, he actually unpacks more of what this means to be salt and light. And we could spend weeks and weeks covering this sermon because it's packed full with just so many nuggets of wisdom and treasures 
That could be a blessing to us, our church, our family. But I just want to highlight just some of the specific things following his command to be salt and light. Here are some things that he said. How to be salt and light. First, handle anger the right way. And you'll see references here. And I encourage you, you could take these points on your listening guide and you could just print that. And this week, you could spend some time kind of reading through the specifics that that Jesus is talking about. Well, the first is to be a salt and light, you can handle anger in the right way. Second, clear up relationships when they get messed up. Third, refuse to use people as objects. If you actually love people for who they are, you meet them where they are, you make an investment in them, you invite them into your life, you actually are being a salt and light. Uh, Keep your word. Do what you say. Love your neighbors and your, your enemies. Give money to extend God's kingdom. And then finally, don't judge. Again, I could go on and on. There's, there's more than that, but that's just a summary. Here's just some practical things. It matters how we handle our anger and our emotions. It matters what we say. All of these things, Jesus is saying, if you obey this and you allow me to help you and you live by the power that I give you, you will be this salt and you will be this light that will make a difference in the, word, the world. And here's the reality and here's, here's my hope for my family, my hope for your family, and my hope for our church is that homes that live for God's kingdom in all of our homes, you will be blessed. Homes that live for God's kingdom will be blessed. You may be here and you're not even married yet. You're single and you may be wondering, how does this apply to me? Well, as you live out Jesus' teaching and you ask him to help you be a salt and a light, you're gonna make a difference in the lives of people. You're going to make a difference with those who don't yet follow Christ in your life. You're also going to make a difference in families here at Ridgeview as you make an investment. As you live for God and you put him first in your life, you're actually showing parents and the kids like this life really does matter. You're reinforcing maybe what parents are saying. And that's a blessing. You may be married and you don't have kids yet. Well, in your marriage, as you're focusing on living this way and treating each other with this kindness that Jesus is talking about, living out these attitudes, your marriage will be a blessed one. And if God, I pray, he grants you with kids, your kids will be blessed as well. And so wherever you are, whether you have a full family or not, you can start by being this salt and light by the very way that you live. Now, again, let's get back to how do we actually make a difference? Because it's one thing to kind of know these things. Okay, I need to do this. I may not need to do this, but it's actually more than just a checkbox and we just check the task off. What I'm describing is actually a way of life. As you live out who you're supposed to be and as you live out in your family life, how God has wired you all together, you become this beautiful picture and tapestry of God's work and you will be salt and you will be light. But again, sometimes this is confusing. Where do I start? Things can feel like they're all over the place. Again, back to the tent. It feels like we're just the circus. But you know, you, you can actually make progress uh, right here and right now. And so I've asked my, my wife, Samantha Barrett, to join me. And I just want to interview her about some ways that we begin to implement. How do we as a family be salt and light together? Well, welcome. This is my wife, uh, Samantha Barrett. We've been married almost 18 years uh, in June. And we have three kids uh, Katie, Levi, and Jude. Uh, Katie is 13, uh, Levi is 11, and Jude is 8. And so we're sharing, uh, you see us on camera, we're, we're not sharing as experts. Uh, we're, we're really sharing as people who've really tried to live this out 
Many times we've blown it. We've not been light even to each other. We've not been light to our own kids. Uh, but we want to just give you a sense of how we tried to weave this into uh, our family. And so why don't we start there, Sam, if you could just share um, kind of this idea of Jesus teaching salt and light. How have you like aimed to do this as a mom um, instead of you know, focusing inwardly, which is, is so easy to do? How, how have you really tried to, to allow the family to, to be on mission for God? Yeah, sure. Well, I think um, it's really started out with perspective from the Lord. And um, as you read God's word, you really see that he actually has this in mind for us to be on mission. And um, several years ago, before um, we had kids, when we were newly married, I listened to a talk from a mentor that I respect very much. And she very much lived this way. And she actually was giving a, a talk on this very thing. And she shared this passage that really resonated with me. And it's um, Isaiah 54, two and three. And it says, enlarge your house, build an addition, spread out your home and spare no expense for you will soon be bursting at the seams. Your descendants will occupy other nations and resettle ruined cities. And for Alex and I, this is the type of life we want to lead. We really want um, our investment to go beyond just ourselves and just our immediate family. And um, so this was really a charge to us. And the other thing I love about this uh, passage is that it's actually not just written to married couples with biological children. Um, if you read the preceding uh passages, you see that God's actually even speaking to the childless, to those who don't have their own children. And so it's just this beautiful picture that when you choose to be in the family of God, you get to do this. You get to be on a mission where you are really expanding uh, your home and in such a way that it's bursting at the seams and you get to live for so much more than just um, yourselves. And for me, this perspective is absolutely vital in, in choosing to live this way. And partly because just for me personally, and I think for women in general, it's very tempting to, once we start having babies, we just, we kind of want to live like this. You know, we, we pull them in and, and we, it's so easy to just focus here and make our whole lives about that. Um, but God's vision for us is so much bigger than that. And so for Alex and I, it has had to be a very intentional thing um, that we do and that we keep coming back to. You know, we keep asking ourselves, does this opportunity, will it move the mission forward or will it distract us from that? And so that was kind of a commitment that we made in our marriage early on. And then over time, we've just really tried to keep living that out with God's help. Yeah, that's great, great perspective. And I think as Sam shares what, what moms do, for dads, it, it can be similar in that you maybe aren't maternal in the same way, like wanting to get all the kids together, but, but you can sure be driven by that like need to provide. And certainly as, as, a, as a man, as the leader of your home, you actually do have a job to provide. But at the same time, you can pour all of your energy and resources into work and miss uh, the greater mission that, that Sam was, was talking about. And so I think that that challenge is, is good for, for both uh, to, to keep in mind, both men and, and women. So 
you, you started with, with the perspective and that's really helpful and that's how life works. It's as you see things differently, you then act differently. So how is that like practically uh, played out for you and, and, you know, just even share for us as a family uh, through the years? Because I know it changes when you're newly married and newly parents. It's different than maybe it, it is right now for us as our kids are a little bit older. Yeah. Um, I think first and foremost, it really, we understand that this happens in the context of church and um, that our church is our family. That's the family of God. And so um, we team with other families from our church and we all live this way together. And that is, it's encouraging. It spurs us on. It helps us be on the same page. There's accountability there. Um, so it's not something that we're just trying, having to figure out on our own. Um, but then specifically for our family, some things that we have done is number one, we just, you know, like I mentioned before, we, we have decided to orient our lives around the kingdom of God. And so that's a, an intentional decision that we've made. And so what that means is um, every decision we make, both big or small, we, we think about this. We, we see it through the lens of if we choose to do this and pursue this, is it going to put us in a place to really take advantage of this opportunity to expand God's kingdom, to be the light and salt of um, our, you know, our situation, our community, or is it going to distract us from that? And so um, just some simple ways that that's played out is, you know, as we look to put our kids into sports or any other extracurricular activities, um, both of our sons play sports and so for us, in order to live this, this life on mission as a family, it's not just about them and that sport and them being the best athlete they can be. When they join a team, we're really thinking about the other families that we're going to get to meet. And our goal is to invest, invite, and share. We want to invest in others. We want to invite them into our church family and what we're doing. And we want to share God's love with them, both in, in, in what we say about God, but also just in the way that we relate to them and then we relate to our kids. And then even our kids are on mission with us on that. They, they understand that they have a role to play in that and they're excited about it. And so, um, and, th and that's not just with sports, it's with, you know, when we go to the park as a family or when I go to the park with other moms from church who are living this way, we're not just playing with friends, we're actually looking who else is at the park um, you know, our kids are, are befriending those kids. We're, you know, trying to talk to the other moms to have the opportunity to be a light and salt to them. Um, so that's one thing. And then um, another way is that our kids actually really do cooperate with us. Um, they, they know and they understand that they're on mission with us. This is actually something that we talk about as a family all the time. And um, so, for example, um, even just this past week, um, Alex had the opportunity to share the gospel with someone. And the boys and I were doing school while that was going on. And so we immediately stopped what we were doing and we prayed um, for that. You know, we prayed for Alex that he would, you know, share and, um, and just for that opportunity. Well, as they do that, they're on board with us now and they're asking about it and it, it encourages them. It's not just us doing our thing. It's our whole family um, working together. And so um, sometimes that also means that their best role is freeing us up 
to do the ministry. And so a lot of times what it looks like is they're upstairs, you know, entertaining themselves quietly so that we can be using downstairs to do ministry and to, you know, kind of move God's kingdom forward that way. Um, That may not be their first choice, but they understand that they're actually participating in the ministry by doing that. Um, And in fact, since the quarantine has happened, we've actually had to use our home for recording very often. And so um, what that means for our family is that we have to be quiet as a mouse um, several times a week. And obviously that's not ideal for the kids and and it's frustrating. Um, And a couple of weeks ago, the boys were um, just especially having a hard time with it and, you know, kind of feeling a little ripped off. Um, And I realized in that moment that we hadn't talked to them about how them cooperating in this way, what a blessing it was and how they actually were participating in the ministry of the church. Because by them making it a joy for um, Alex to get the recordings done, they actually were helping um, the ministry. And so as soon as I was able to say that to them, it really it changed for them and they were able, you know, the situation didn't change. They're still, you know, um, put out, but their attitude really changed because it, they had, they now had purpose in it. And so, um, again, just remembering, you know, so like he was saying, we, we do forget sometimes and we just kind of can get into task mode. But, um, as soon as we reminded them of that, it actually, you know, they, they want to be on mission with us and it made them feel like, Oh wow. Yeah. Even in this way, I'm helping the church out. I'm helping be a, you know, the salt and light to our community. And so it just totally changes the way they approach that. So, yeah, that's, that's great perspective. Again, so many times, you know, as a parent, you, you just, you miss things. And the great thing is, is, is Jesus really is so gracious and so as you maybe miss things or as you, you blow, you know, an opportunity and you just didn't see it, you, you can always, you know, one, start, start over and two, backtrack and explain. And uh, certainly this isn't some like utopia where it's, it's not real. Uh, again, it's in the, the everyday life that, that this happens. And so I hope this has given you just some practical kind of ways. I, I would start just by praying as a family. God, help us to be a light uh, in our neighborhood. Help us to be a light to our extended uh, family. Help us just to see the opportunities that you bring. What I found is like if you start with prayer and you even encourage your kids to pray and join you in praying, God really does begin to work. And our families can can make a difference. And so thank you, Sam, for sharing. That was really helpful. Well, I hope that that was helpful for you to give you just a little bit of a a picture of, of how this works, where you can start. Again, it's so easy to beat yourself up on where you are, what you should be doing, and you're not. And there's always this divide. Some of that is just the enemy wants to come against us. If Jesus is commanding us and drawing us forward to be salt and light, what the enemy wants to do, Satan himself, he wants us to, again, hide the light, put it under a basket. He wants us to, to not look at being this preservative in, in culture, to, to being this salt that, that adds this flavor. So allow God to, to work right where you are and you will make a difference in your world. What happens is, is this also is not just about 
the individual family. It's not just about being salt and light in our own homes. It's actually joining together with households and households joining with households and households joining with households. That is actually what the church is. It's a bunch of families coming together, whether you're single, married, full family, empty nesters, wherever you find yourself, it's all these homes coming together and making a difference in our community. And that's actually why we planted Ridgeview Church. We wanted to be a church that would make sense to people who are longing for the light but don't have it. We want people to discover the refreshing life that Jesus has to offer. And oftentimes they take time to watch, to see, to, to see is this experience real? Is this church real? Is these people real? And I wanted to share some insights from Brian, who has been a part of our church since December. Uh, he was a non-Christian, and recently he decided to follow Jesus for the first time. He has become a follower of Christ. And I asked him, when you first were coming around and you were experiencing our church, listening to what we were talking about, engaging with different families, how did that have an impact on you? Because I wanted to kind of get to the sense of, what is he seeing as the salt and light of our community and how did that make a difference? So here, here's some lessons learned uh, from Brian. First is, this is what he said, there is a positive, hopeful spirit in the church uh, that is contagious. Uh, people are friendly, welcoming, and patient with me. Uh, they're good role models. He goes on, he says, Ridgeview feels like a second family. And he made this statement, I wanna be like these people, so how do I do that? That's very interesting, so much in that statement. What Brian is saying is, I was seeing all of these, these people, they live a different kind of life, and I want the life that they have. That's what Jesus is saying. You are the salt and you are the light so that people experience, they, they want a part of that. And Brian shared some other thoughts, a specific example. He says, an example of people putting their values into action was this, at the Etiwanda hike, I got left behind at the top taking pictures. And eventually, Pablo and Joel came back for me to make sure I was okay. It sounds like such a minor thing, but again, this is the kind of person I want to be. Also, I discussed some personal things, and it wasn't weird, because I felt I could trust them. Very interesting again. I love that picture. In a practical way, somebody, a couple people from our church came to check on him. He felt loved. And as he thought about that more. To him, it was a minor thing, but that again is, is what Jesus calls us to do. We extend ourselves for others, specifically those who do not yet know Christ. And so I hope these just give you a picture of, of how to take that next step. Again, God meets you where you are and he can make you a salt and he can make you light. As you begin to trust him, you surrender your life and you say, you know what, God, I do not want my life to be about the American dream. I don't want my life to be about chasing materialism or success. I want my life to be about making a difference in the world. I want my life to be about expanding your kingdom. That is life. And that is life to its full. So as I wrap up, I wanna encourage you to take some next steps. And first, just what is God speaking to you about? That should always be the first next step that you take. What is God telling you? We've looked at the scriptures, we've heard some examples, but what does this mean for you to be a salt and a light? Certainly, you may still be investigating like, like Brian was and you've not yet decided to follow Christ. I encourage you, 
Make that your first step today. If you think you're ready, I've experienced enough. I know the truth of how Jesus has come to save me. And if you're ready to follow him, I encourage you, make that your first next step. Decide to follow Jesus for the first time. Uh, Second, we're going to be having some some topic groups launched soon. And you may ask, well, how, how does that kind of relate to what we're talking about? Well, these topic groups are practical ways for you to grow in about a specific topic. We're going to be talking about wisdom and marriage and how to grow spiritually by doing the spiritual disciplines. We're going to be talking about how to share your faith, being the salt and light. And so these are practical ways for you to learn with the edge of how do I put it into practice? And as you are in a group, not only are you learning, but you're joining with people who are trying to do the same. And again, households joining with households making a difference. And so I encourage you, sign up for a topic group today. You'll see the the options there on the connection card. And so fill that out and you can mark and we'll get in touch with you with more details. The next thing is is you may just want to watch the parenting workshop. Uh, We let you know about that a couple of weeks ago and you may not have gotten to it yet or you may not have even asked for the link. But if you mark that on your connection card, I'd like to watch the parenting workshop. We'll send you that and I think that will give you some practical ways of how to relate to your kids, how to parent in a way that can be this salt and light that Jesus is describing. And then finally, we're going to be launching a new series next week. It's called Streams of Thought. We're going to be talking about the power of our mind and how what we think about sets us in a certain direction. And if you're like me, there is a battle sometimes with so many negative thoughts. But these negative thoughts, actually, they they have an impact. So in Streams of Thought, we're going to be looking at how does God help us? And through His Word, how can we counter the negative thoughts that we all experience. And so Streams of Thought was going to highlight this and give some practical ways to really get ahead in our mind in a way that we can believe and live out the truth. So I encourage you, attend next week, watch with us, and invite somebody to join. Share them the link of our service, encourage them, let them know, because again, they may be searching for this light and God has placed you in their life to invite them. So I encourage you to do that. So as we wrap up, Pablo is going to come and highlight some next steps as we close out our service. But in the meantime, let's, let's pray together and ask God for help. Father, thank you again for Jesus' teaching that just gives us something to hold on to and something to live for beyond ourselves. God, thank you that you change us. And not only do you change us, but you allow us to be a part of helping people change. As you transform us, we can be a part of helping others transform. And that's what you've called our church to do. God, will you expand the ways that we can reach out to people in our community here in North Fontana, in Rancho, and beyond? God, help us to look for opportunities to be salt and to be light. To not shrink back in fear, but to move forward in faith. God, thank you for the work that you're doing in our families, the work that you're doing in our church. Continue to lead us forward. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.